Welcome home to Central Church. It is great to have you with us today. I'm Pastor Gary, and I'm excited to be able to continue in the series of recalculating. The first week, Pastor Ryan talked about the uh, changing of plans. Storms changed everything, came rolling in into the second week. And then the series continued last week as Pastor Ryan challenged us to move forward, not backward. I think it's exciting to be able to know that, that in each one of those series dates that God wants us to be able to do things greater than what we were doing them that day. And so the question is, is where were you? Where were you at at that moment and where are you at today? For everyone at our Creston campus, this is your week. If, you're a, if you are a guest today, if you're there and we're excited that God's going to do great things in your life. If you are joining us on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, let us know that you, where you're streaming from. It's crazy how so many things are different and how the doors of opportunity have just exploded over the last seven months. But in the midst of the crazy, I love the fact that God doesn't change. I want you to know that you have come to church today where we believe that God loves you, that we believe that God is for you, and that he has something great for you today. What I love about opening up the Bible is that it's relevant each and every time that we do it, and that it answers the tough questions that we face. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, its joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, and nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. The Word of God is the only book that you read, and it reads you. It's alive, and then it's not dead. It's active, and it won't return void. It's sharp, and God's purpose in cutting away those things that are bringing pain and destruction is that we would be able to find healing and not stay wounded. It penetrates the heart that we may see as love. And when we allow the truth of the Word of God to penetrate, to settle in where we are at, our path becomes clear. I'm always reminded that as I talk to a lot of uh, our soccer players that it, how important it is for them to be able to settle in. Settling in means that we begin to find the, the, the areas that is best for us. We begin to settle into that area of the field that is able to cover in a greater way. We want to be able to settle in in the ways that God has for us. And I think it's so important as we begin to understand that the Word of God is to be able to penetrate, to settle in where we are at so that our path can become clearer. There are so exciting things that we can have as we begin to realize the path that God has for us today. And I know that God is here in this place, and God is where you're at, and I'm excited for that. And so will you begin to, uh, let's just begin to pray and ask God to be in this place. Jesus, we thank you for your word and for its clarity. In this moment, we remember that you are not only the God that speaks, but you are the God that speaks with authority. And God, that you speak with understanding. 
And Lord, you have leaned down to us in your grace, and you've given us the truth in Jesus. And so right now, God, we ask that your word would be open and that it would lead us through the spirit of truth in Jesus' name. Amen. I've entitled this message, On the Other Side of Endurance. And so let me ask you this question. What have you felt like giving up? What have you felt like giving up on? Is it your dreams, your goals, your marriage? Do you feel like giving up on God? Do you feel like giving up, period? These are critical questions that that we consider when we look at the writer of Hebrews, when Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles, and let us run with perseverance as a race that's marked out for us. You know, that first part of, chapter, of, of verse 1, it says, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. If you go back to chapter 11 in Hebrews, you see some great, great men, some great stories of what God's done through men and through, through that moment in time. And it's such an incredible thing. In verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, the Bible describes our life as a race. Not a sprint, but a marathon. How many times do we understand, especially when we were younger, that it was a sprint? It was like we were going through things, we were trying to accomplish things, and then we had kids, and then it just seemed like it got faster, and then they got a little bit older, and they began to be a part of things that, that we had to be a part of, and, and uh, the Christmas programs, and all the different things going on at school, and then athletics came into place, and, and you're always kind of thinking, man, i got to slow down, i got to slow down. And then you, you get to a certain place that, that when your kids are gone, but then you, you, you still do the same things. You still go, 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 go. And I think a lot of times in my life, how important it is to, to try to, to gauge it down a little bit. Because, you know, a, a teenager can run up the steps and run it back down without any problem. My endurance level in that takes a little bit more work. There's so many things that take place in our lives in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of the things that we do. We get involved. But can I tell you today, it's, it's not how busy you are or how much that you do, but it's how much will you give to God in the midst of your busyness. In your notes, it says the purpose of endurance is to be empowered on the other side. The pursuit of whatever our goals or dreams may be there times and times and times again. That when there are only things standing between us and either victory or defeat is our willingness and our ability to endure. The word endure is not complicated to understand, but it is extremely difficult 
to master. It means that when you are tired, you keep going. When you seem overwhelmed, you keep going. When all the odds seem to be against you and success seems to be out of reach, you just keep going. It's endurance. The purpose of endurance is to be empowered on the other side. That there is something worthy of being on the other side. That every battle that you face, every trial that you encounter, everything that you do has a purpose on the other end. And I'm excited to know that when we begin to see that God is doing something, that there's purpose behind it. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest. God's preparing you for a harvest. God's preparing you for something greater than you know right now. God is preparing you for something on the other side of endurance. You see, we have to endure to get to the promised land. We have to endure to get to see the joy of the Lord is my strength. And as we endure and as we go through the battle, God says that he's there, that he's not going to leave us, and he's not going to forsake us. And as Christians, we are always on display. Somebody is always listening to us. People are watching us on social media. Man, social media is everywhere. And it becomes easy to fall into the worldly trap and discuss what it was like before I was a Christian. It's easy to begin to have conversations as we discuss it with our coworkers and with our friends that are away from their faith, that are away from God. And we begin to start going into that lifestyle and we begin to do the things of the world. I want to encourage you that the voice that they need to hear is a voice of praise. The words that come off of your lips, the words that come out of your mouth, need to be a voice of faith and a voice of encouragement and a voice of hope and a voice of love because that is what they need to be able to know, that you are living a life with Christ. And that, that, that life that, that you are living with Christ has transformed you and has changed you to be something greater. Our worship isn't always for our freedom. It may be for someone else. When you sing a song of praise, when you live a life that worships God, and how wonderful that that is. Maybe you're doing that for someone else. Maybe God has appointed a moment that as you're living your life for Christ, that someone else will see the way that you're doing that. We endure through the battle because we live by conviction of what Jesus has done for us. We endure. We endure the battle because we live by that conviction of what Jesus Christ has done for us. What has he done for you? 
You know, it's easy for us sometimes to go on the, what has he done for me lately? Doesn't he know what I'm going through? Has he forgotten me? The first part of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Even though in the midst of those questions that we have, it's understanding that we have to endure. To know that God is there and that we run that race of perseverance, that race that's marked out for us, the race that God has appointed for you to accomplish. God has, God has marked out that race for you. It's special. It's perfect. He has something that is special for each one of us to do. Every journey, every road that we travel is an opportunity for God to show himself to us, an opportunity for us to be able to see God in our midst. And God has created us uniquely. Way before we were ever created in our womb, God created us at that moment. God has created us with a unique race to run. And the problem is that the expectation that others place upon us, and it's because they want us to run their race. You ever been in that situation? You get pulled along with that group. Maybe it's around the, the water cooler, getting a drink at work, and people want to pull you into their race. They want to pull you into their life. They want to pull you down their, their road or their journey. We can only live the life that God has given to us and us alone. And we won't finish the race well until we let go of those false expectations of others. If we live by any other expectation than God's expectation, we're not going to be living God's best. And we're not going to be finding the finish line of our race. So to be encouraged this morning, to be encouraged today that we can't allow our distractions to steal our time and our heart away from Jesus. We can't allow our distractions. There are so many things that come in our way when we think about distractions. As I was preparing for this message this week, there, there are tons of distractions that came in my way throughout my week. Tons of things that, that, had, to be, that had to be addressed. Tons of distractions that, that, that made me question the steps that I needed to take for this week. But those distractions can't steal our time and our heart away from Jesus. Even when we're distracted, we need to know that Jesus is still there. We still need to know that Jesus is our hope, that Jesus is our love, that Jesus is the peace, and Jesus gives us understanding. And we must run the race with our head up and our eyes fixed on Jesus. We need to understand that he has given us a lamp that puts the light on our journey. That he's there, to, he's there for us and he's there with us. 
But sometimes it's easy to begin to follow the distractions. It's easy to start looking down. It's easy to forget the promise that he has given us. It's, it's easy to forget and follow the distractions and fall away from God and forget what he's done in our life and forget what he's put people in our life. And so today I want to encourage you that even though you may be distracted, even though you may be lost, even though you may have come to the place where you have walked away from God, that God still loves you. And God still wants to spend time with you. Paul could have either focused on his past, but he chose to focus on his future. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One thing that I do, forgetting my distractions, forgetting what is behind me, forgetting the things and the pain that I've gone through, but understanding that Jesus is there to be my comforter, and my hope. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. God wants us to continue to press in. And Paul is saying that he wasn't going to let the things of his past drag him down. He had a race to run. And he wasn't going to focus any longer on what lies behind, but rather he was going to focus on the finish line. And so many times we we get distracted in the things that are keeping us from seeing the finish line. God's given us purpose. God has given us His Son that died on the cross and rose again that we may have hope that our sins may be forgiven, that we can be renewed, that we can be like in the likeness of Jesus. Paul is saying, we've got to keep pressing on towards that goal. You know, goals are important to have. Goals are, goals are those things that allow us to see something in a greater way. We have a goal to lose weight. We have a goal to, to earn more money. We have a goal that we want to know Jesus better. We have a goal that, that, that challenges us to maybe meet someone new every week. But there are goals, goals that, that challenge us to, to rise above, to make ourselves better. And when we get a God-given purpose, a God-given purpose in our life, it redirects our aimlessness and puts us on an incredible mission. When we begin to realize what God's mission is, and God's purpose, we no longer just walk around aimlessly, just coming into church and then leaving church, just walking into work and then leaving work, walking into the home and then leaving the home. But God, tell, but God begins to show us that with our God-given purpose, we begin to have a, an incredible mission, that we can begin to see things going. We can begin to see that our role as a father, our role as a mother, begins to enhance itself, that we begin to realize that there's more to it than just showing up. There's more to it than just 
just doing our little part and being there for supper. But God says, a God-given purpose. God never promised a safe journey. He only promised a safe arrival. God never says that through our enduring process, as we endure this life that we have, as we endure these things, there are going to be battles that we face. There are going to be situations that we come across. There's going to be devastation. (laughs) There's going to be loss. God doesn't promise us a safe journey. God doesn't say that everything's going to be perfect. God doesn't say that everything's going to be easy. God doesn't say that as we go through this life, as we become a mother and a father, a husband and a wife, that our marriages are going to be just perfect. Sometimes, sometimes we have to learn, learn how to move forward in the midst of us going backwards. Sometimes we have to understand that storms are going to change. Our thinking and our perspective. Sometimes we have to realize that there's going to be a change of plan. There's a change of plan that God has for us. But God wants us to understand that our journey isn't always going to be safe. And that we have to rely on Him and that we have to trust in Him. (laughs) And that we have to be encouraged by Him. And that we have to get into the Word of God. And that we have to be encouraged by that Word. And we have to be around other people. I encourage you, if you have not yet signed up for a life group, if you haven't wanted to be a leader of a life group, if you haven't got a nucleus of friends, areas of people that you are influencing with, and have started to get together and be a part of someone that keeps you accountable and that keeps you uh, driven to stay with Jesus, to follow Jesus in this journey. We need to have people around us that, that are there, that, are, that, that will be there to encourage us. And that's what life groups are all about. So that we don't do this journey alone. So that when we are distracted in the midst of that journey, that we have people that will come alongside of us and that will help us and challenge us. Because what he did promise was a safe arrival. God says that if you will follow me, if you will follow what I have for you, that I will will provide you a safe arrival. That there is a, through that expectation, that there is a promised land on the other side. That as we endure, as we go through, students, you know, as we go through all that homework, we're in hybrid here in this area. You may be going to school every day, but maybe it's a little bit different. And there, there needs to be that expectation of understanding that even when it's difficult, even when, it's, when we don't always understand it, that God's providing a way for us to get to the point A to point B. The promised land. The land of milk and honey. The place that God has promised that as we endure that there's going to be there's going to be a blessing on the other side. That when you go through that battle as you endure that that God's going to show you look where I was. I remember there are so many opportunities that we have in our own life that as you're going through the battle you don't see 
the promises sometimes. You get locked into what you're facing. And you begin to do it on your you, you begin to do it alone. You begin to do it by yourself. You 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 begin just to focus on that and you forget to allow God in that process. You forget to allow God in to be a part of that story. God never promised a safe journey. But he promises a safe arrival. On the other side of endurance, there's a blessing. On the other side of endurance, there is hope. On the other side of that endurance, you're going to see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And see in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, it says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Knowing the price that Jesus paid for you and I, that we may not grow weary and lose heart, that God wants us to understand that we do not have to, to, to grow faint, that God wants to give us the strength that we need and the encouragement that we need. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I've endured. I've endured during that fight. I've endured as I finished the race. I have kept the faith. <laughs> Training is never comfortable, and it isn't always enjoyable, but it is necessary to be ready. Training is never comfortable. You know, you, I remember those moments, especially in two days in football and athletics and, you know, not really any sport when you first start out, that training, the, 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 the conditioning, the, the things that you have to be inquired and you have to, you're challenged to do it and you don't know for sure if you're going to be able to make it. You, you, you question sometimes, do I really want to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, right, and be able to do that? Do I really, do I really want to be able to, 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 to be challenged in ways that I don't know if my body can handle it? Training is never comfortable. Training is never comfortable in the, in the off-season when you have to do things above and beyond just to be able to show that, that you're willing to sacrifice to show the coaches that you're willing to, to sacrifice and give above and beyond what everyone else is doing. Training isn't comfortable. Training isn't comfortable when you have to go back to school and you have to take more classes. And you have to do things to, to make yourself better. Training isn't comfortable when, when you have to learn how to be a, a father at 3 o'clock in the morning. Training isn't comfortable when you have to be that mother and go the process of having a baby and all the classes that you take to prepare for that baby. Enduring that process of having a baby. The training isn't always comfortable. It's not always enjoyable. You know, we think about enjoy. You know, we think about joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Sometimes we have to go through difficulties and we have to recognize 
that that joy of my Lord is my strength, to be able to really understand that training isn't always enjoyable. Sometimes we have to go through a valley. We have to be able to see an area where God wants us to go. And as we go through that valley and as we trust in the Lord and as we get through where we need to go, that God's going to be there. Trust in the Lord. Training is never comfortable. It is never in, it's not always enjoyable, but it is necessary. It is necessary to be ready. It is necessary to be ready when someone comes over to your house and they ask you the question about life. They ask you a question about why am I going through this situation? Why am I going through this season? Training is important. It's important to be in training in athletics because you want to be able to reach that, that top level. You want to be able to get to that championship game. And so you'll do whatever it takes to be ready. When we cannot endure by our own strength, it is time to be able to endure by the strength of someone else. Someone else that we can see us through, that can take our hand, that can lead us on, that we can be accountable to. God didn't put us in this race just to start it. He put us there to finish. God has called you and me the day that when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the day that we said yes to Jesus, the day that we recognized the place and the position that we were in, and we realized that we were a sinner, that we realized that we couldn't do it alone, we realized that, that we were in a course of destruction. And we came to the place of saying, Jesus, it's not just about starting, but it's about finishing. Here, in this, starting uh, the 1st of October, I started a, a, uh, um, an online Bible study. I didn't start it. I, I just started to become part of it. Uh, it's through Fellowship of Christian Athletes in the Midwest. Football coaches are are meeting online, and, and uh, it, it was one of those, a little bit of a sacrifice. I God, I, I know, you, you know, my, my walk with you has started. It's, it's moving forward. It's doing what, you know, I, what I need to do. But, I, God, I know that there's more. I don't want to just start where I'm at and then finish the race but not be better through the, through the process. I don't want to just start the race and just run the race and finish the race but not be better at it. I want to be able to get stronger at it. I want to be able to have that my times will be faster. I want to be able to go through what I'm dealing with and, and be able to handle it better. I want to be able to be a better husband at 54, 3 years old and be better at it than when I was when I was 25. But I want to be able to help a 25-year-old as a husband be better at it than when, when they don't have to be when they're 54. I want, them to, to, I want to encourage them through that process. And so I... I made that decision that came up, and I said, yeah, I'll be part of this 30-minute study on the book of John and, 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 and be challenged with other men of God and be encouraged by that. And it's been, it's been awesome, and it's been great. Once a week, I've been able to do that. But God doesn't just, he doesn't just say, start the race. He wants us to finish it. And he wants us to finish it as a champion. 
And he wants us to grow and he wants us to to see what he has in store for us as we push ourselves to that place, as we develop and as we grow and as we encourage those around us. We don't start this race by ourselves. But there's someone that maybe prayed with you as you accepted him for the very first time. Maybe there's someone that in a life group that's encouraging you. I don't believe that we should be doing life alone. I believe that we should have a community of faith, a community of brothers and sisters together that that we are encouraging one another, that we're building each other up. Because life's not meant to do life alone. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. There are so many areas that we look at that are easy to do. There are certain jobs that are easier to do. There are certain activities that are easier to do. Maybe not right now with everything going on. It might be a little bit harder, but... But here it says, it says in Matthew, it says that the enter by the narrow gate because it takes work. Because as we endure, as we go through that process, and as we're, we're being challenged, and as we're being encouraged, and as we're, we're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel, we begin to realize that, God, you're, you're doing something. You're transforming me. You're giving me the strength to endure. You're giving me joy. You're giving me love. You're giving me hope. You're giving me security. As we go through that narrow gate, as we see that as we, on the other side of endurance, that God has a place and a plan. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. To pass off and say, I don't want to, I don't don't need to spend that time with my kids. I don't need to make the investment in my family. I can continue to be selfish and continue just to go off and, and, and earn the money or do the things of this world. But it says easy is the way that leads to destruction. For many will enter that way. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. On the other side. And those who find it are few. And so today I want I wanted to encourage you to understand that you, don't, you can be one of the few, that you can be the one that says, today, God, I want to begin to press in. Today, God, I want to begin to see that there is hope. Today, God, I want to be able to see that there is victory. Going through the narrow gate. And as we realize that, we have to understand that we can't let our position determine our faith. Let your faith determine your position. There are moments in our life that we're going to have positions that we have to go through. There's things that we have to go through. But it says don't let your position determine your faith. There's something that you're going through right now, wherever you are. You're hearing me speak today, and you're at a situation. You're at a place in your life, and you question what's going on. Don't allow your position to determine your faith. Don't allow your hurt and your heartache and your struggles 
to think that there's not a God that loves you and that cares for you and wants to give you hope. Don't allow your position to deny you the opportunity to know that God is a God of love and he cares for you. But let your faith determine your position. God, I am a child of God. And I am going to hold on to you today, God, to allow me to get to where I need to go. God, today I don't know you. God, today I don't have a relationship with you. But I'm beginning to understand. I'm beginning to understand that my faith has to determine my position. And God, I believe that today, as I'm hearing this message, <laughs> and I've heard the messages in the series the last three weeks, I'm beginning to, rec to recognize that my faith determines my position. And God, today I need to know you. Today, God, make my faith stronger. Make my faith endure, God, where I'm at. So today, God, I recognize how great you are. Every Christian wants a good life. Our problem is that for many of us, our vision of the good life doesn't come from the Bible. It comes from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Our vision of the good life is not shaped by Scripture. It's, it's shaped by the world. And honestly, if we want to look at our lives, it's the same thing about people who are going to hell. They want their lives to be just like what we're going through. And therefore, no wonder why some have wandered from their faith. And the big part is, I think, that the church at large has come to treat the Bible in the same way as how they see the world. There was a change that happened in our country when others were we're seeing the Bible was real and it was authentic and became just maybe a historical level. The Bible lost its prominence in everyday life of Christians. But here's, here's the thing. It wasn't that droves of Christians stopped believing the Bible. But it's that the Bible that was influencing us became regulated. People begin to treat the Bible more like self-help wisdom, but not as an actual vision for life. And this is still just the, the situation that we face in our society. Many think about the Bible like it's a convenient resource, but it's not the authority for how we should live. We can tend to give lip service to the Bible's value, but we don't let the Bible actually shape who we are. And I believe today we need to begin to realize that the Bible is the authority of God. The Bible is where we go for our, 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 our direction. The Bible is there to give us the opportunity to endure. And so as we close today, may we know that it's so important for us to be able to see on the other side of endurance that there's so much that God has for us. But at the same time, we need to understand that the Word of God is alive, sharper than two-edged sword willing to penetrate our heart, guide us and direct us. So I believe God has a great plan for you. I believe God has purpose for you. I believe God wants you to endure today to see the promises of tomorrow.